Welcome to Urgent Care. This is Minda Wilson. Today, I'm very excited to welcome Linda Strauss and Mark Sheckman of G. Randall and Sons, Inc. I think I want to start off talking to Linda about the involvement of G. Randall and Sons. And tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your background in, in uh, medicine and pharmaceuticals and education. Okay. Thank you, Minda. And thank you for inviting us um, onto your show, of course. So my background is not a straight line. I have a foot, if you will, in both academics where I teach human nutrition as well as in the drug development industry. I've been working in clinical operations to develop new products, whether they be biologics or drugs, in primarily the oncology um, cancer space. As a result of my husband's diagnosis with glioblastoma, and subsequent death, we found ourselves, we being my two sons and I, in the cannabis world. And then with the um, approval of Prop 64 in the state of California, it's now become a regulated cannabis industry. And as one of my sons likes to say, it's a movement trying to become an industry. So navigating that between my background and one of the most highly regulated industries we have, which of course is the pharmaceutical industry, and pivoting that into an originally very strong black market industry of cannabis, it's been, a, it's been an interesting journey, to say the least. Now, you developed the product, correct? Yes. A uh, very long story short, but we, we used marijuana when my husband was dying and used it quite effectively, both for you know, symptom management for himself, for sleep, for anxiety, for um, the pain of movement, as well, truthfully, for myself, for anxiety and sleep. But this was back in 2009, 2010, so it was pre-Prop 64, and the only options out there, you know, weren't very appealing. Uh, The story I like to tell is we went into a dispensary, as they're called, now, but they were really like collectives, and you would buy a product, you know, from some guy behind the the counter who would tell you it's going to do X, Y, and Z, and truth be known, sometimes you came home with that product, and it did X, Y, and Z, but unfortunately, when you went back, you could never get the same product. There was no testing. There were no choices. You, you know, it was back in the 60s where, you know, if you smoked and you got high, it was good weed, and if it If it didn't make you high, it was bad weed. And we didn't have oral products. We didn't have, you know, edibles. We didn't have choices of how potent the products were. So you never really knew what you were going to get. And for somebody like me who, you know, continues to work in the pharmaceutical space where regulations and reproducibility and stability and making products that actually did, you know, what they said they were going to do, and you could go back and you could get that same product. When you go into your pharmacy and you buy, you know, Lipitor, well, you expect it always to be Lipitor. I mean, we don't question when your prescription is refilled. I mean, you don't ask, gosh, I wonder if it's the same thing I took last month. It doesn't even enter our mind because of the control mechanisms that are in place. So fast forward to Prop 64, um, that was passed in November of 2017, you know, that put in place, you know, very strict regulations and um, pathways to get licensing and um, permits 
to do everything from being a cultivator to distributing to manufacturing to testing and to selling to the consumer. So it was a huge step. Um, I share that minor detail with you because our products, which are called Randy's Remedy products, our website is Randy's Club, and yes, my husband's name was Randy, um, so you can see the trend here. Uh, we actually work in the hemp space. So hemp is sort of the sister to marijuana with the same parent plant, but it has, by regulations, less than 0.3% THC. During World War II, hemp was required to be um, planted and farmed by all of our farmers across the country because we used it, as everybody knows. You can buy hemp seeds. You can buy hemp clothing. We have rope out of hemp. We do insulation with hemp. People are now building hemp houses. So it's a, it's a very usable plant on all levels. Um, but it got stuck in the, you know, just say no campaign along with its sister, and things changed. Um, the Farm Bill, the 2018 Farm Bill, changed that significantly by explicitly removing hemp from the Controlled Substance Act. So it will be interesting to see, which just passed, how um, the hemp industry, the sister plant, if you will, will move forward. But but the hemp does contain CBD, which is what your your products provide and you're interested in that had have the effects that you were looking for. Is that correct? That is correct. So there are over 100 cannabinoids in cannabis, sativa, the parent plant. Um, the two we hear about are THC and CBD. Those are the two primary cannabinoids that are in the plant. Marijuana has been historically grown for higher and higher concentrations of THC, which is the psychoactive component. Hemp, historically, was not grown to flower at all, and the cannabinoids are found in the flower leaves of these plants. Hemp originally was grown for seed and stock, and so when you look, if you Google and look at a picture of hemp versus marijuana, they look totally different. One's, you know, this bushy plant with all these buds on it, and this other is this tall, stringy plant that doesn't look appealing at all. But things have changed, so farmers are now able to grow hemp legally, and they are, you know, genetically breeding their plants, you know, from from cultivation to cultivation to flower more and have higher concentrations of CBD so we can produce cannabidiol or high CBD products. So that brought you to creating this product. You, you worked on the chemistry. You tested it. So when someone uses your product, they get a consistent dosage. They get a consistent recurring uh, result. Is that correct? Right. So our goal is to make a very high-quality, reproducible product. So we, um, we've, we source within the U.S., but we have been really sourcing from only two farmers, and we know them very well, and our products are tested to have less than 0.3% THC. That's the requirement by law. The amount of CBD in, in hemp can vary, but we have no regulations. I mean, buyers want you know, the highest percentage of CBD you can get. And that's pretty much, you know, up in that 10%. Uh, you're, to date, you're not going to find a hemp plant that has 80% TH, um, CBD in it. Sorry if I misspoke, um, concentration of CBD. And 
Um, we produce right now, we're manufacturing and producing ourselves, so we keep it under quality control and we test our final products for the concentration of CBD, other cannabinoids. Ours are full spectrum or whole plant um, products, so we test for the other terpenes that are also a part of the plant. The sort of category are called flavonoids. So they are they are the flavors for anybody in your audience that uses, you know, essence, whether it's frankincense or these other essence that people use for health. Those are all the flavonoids, the things that give us the the smell and the flavor that mm. we enjoy. Like in a perfume. So if I'm suffering from if I have a, a cancer patient, um, what are the benefits that I would get from using a product like yours? So I, coming out of the um, pharmaceutical industry, I'm very cautious. Um, you can't make claims on products that haven't been proven through the FDA regulatory pathway for safety and efficacy. So I believe very strongly in these products, and we actually have an endocannabinoid system that if we have time, we can talk about a little. But we know that, the, that vertebrates, that humans have receptors for both THC and CBD. So anything that is related to um, inflammation, to movement, to even um, peripheral nervous system behavior, central nervous system behavior a little bit, can benefit from CBD. So, so when your if, husband was sick and you made these products, what, how did it help him? So it helped him primarily I meant, with um, symptom management. I mentioned briefly that I spent four years as the director of research and education for a hospice center. And so symptom management, or palliative care correctly termed, means we manage the symptoms not only of his disease, which in and of themselves were pretty amazing, traumatic, but also of the treatment. Cancer patients go through chemotherapy. They go through radiation therapy, nausea, aches, lack of sleep. Um, for glioblastoma, which is intrinsic brain cancer, uh, these, these individuals are on high doses of steroids uh, to, you know, to decrease the swelling. Swelling in your brain is, is not a, you know, it's not something we like. But the side effects of steroids you know, are phenomenal. You can't sleep. Your anxiety is off the charts. So um, I will never forget the night my older son, Tyler, came upstairs and said, Dad, before you go to sleep, you know, he was still able to actually use a vaporizer to inhale a little. Um, as that decreased, we had to start making our own, you know, edibles, if you will. But he said, you know, take, you know, a couple puffs. I'm going to leave it right here. If you wake up in the middle of the night, go outside on the deck take two more, come back to bed. And I can tell you today, nine years later, that I so remember that first night's sleep. I mean, that's how, because most of us, the majority of people without serious you know, sleep apnea or something, we go to sleep, but then when we wake up, our brain starts going. So um, I can only imagine what veterans go through, but I can tell you for myself, I would lie awake in bed and I knew exactly what I was thinking about and why I was awake and worrying about and who I was going to be and what was going to happen. And how was I going to survive? I can't even imagine what my husband was thinking about. Yeah. And so speaking of veterans, you, you sort of 
recognize that they're suffering in, in a way that uh, your husband suffered and you decided to start a program to benefit veterans. And uh, Mark, you're a veteran. So can you yeah, tell yeah. us a little bit about what sort of led you to create this program and how you two got together? I live in San Diego, and San Diego is a very great place for veterans to live, but many of them have difficulties. Um, and you can see on the streets the homeless veterans and the ill veterans, and it's just a very common topic in San Diego, um, the suffering of veterans with mental health problems and, and, and many other problems that aren't addressed. And so um, I saw the Strauss family um, with the success that they had of Randy's Remedy, and I asked them if they would produce this for us on a nonprofit basis to allow us to donate CBD to veterans that couldn't afford the product. Uh, CBD products are pretty expensive, <clears throat> and uh, it could cost uh, $50 for a, a lotion uh, at CVS or, or, or for drops somewhere else. And uh, it's just uh, sometimes out of the budget to spend 100 or $200 a month um, for people. And so the Strauss family agreed to um, provide product for us and to label it General CBD. And now we have a, a website where we're selling this product, and uh, we will be donating uh, free general CBD to veterans um, this month uh, and every month, we hope, uh, into the future. And, and I understand you're also making some of it available to cancer patients. Is that true, too? Yes, we will do so. We'll, we'll do that also, yes. And how do people reach out to you who, who are in need of, of the product? We have uh, a website. It's called generalcbd.org. And if veterans um, would like to leave us their contact details, um, we will let them know when free product is available in their area. And they pick it up or you send it to them? No, we will send it to them. So now you've, you've taken the time, you've developed this product, you're testing it, and people are using it to sort of work through their issues uh, to help them cope with uh, the suffering that they're enduring from cancer or other problems, especially those that the veterans suffer from, like PTSD related to sleeplessness, anxiety, you know, all, all the things that uh, generally are associated with uh, the trauma of having gone to war. And, um, and they're using your product, and it sounds like uh, they can get a lot of benefit from it. Is that correct? Yes. CBD is a product that people take because it works. Um, it's difficult to talk about the benefits of it because it's uh, not a regulated product that has uh, the um, ability to make claims. And so um, people are using CBD right now. Um, we would encourage people to buy CBD at our site, generalcbd.org, because um, we've priced it about 70, 70% lower than retail prices. Um, and we take half of our, we take half of our uh, gross revenue uh, minus shipping and use that to donate CBD for um, the veterans. Now, should people be concerned if they're on other drugs? Uh, do they have to worry about the effects of CBD on the drugs that they're taking? This, I guess, is a question for Linda. Or can they um, 
or can they take it or or can they just take it without consulting their doctor? Your last sentence was exactly what I was going to say first. We would always, always recommend that um, they consult their, their physician to know because even in the pharmaceutical industry, Minda, it's, it's always difficult to test for everything. And now you have a product, you know, well, you have a product out there that really, you know, is following the pathway of vitamins and minerals. So vitamin and mineral supplements are out there. There are some things you should be careful of. In general, the, the biggest area is actually inflammation. So because of our own personal journey, um, I work with a lot of brain cancer patients and cancer patients in general. Over the last couple years, it's amazed me how many times somebody calls and now says, um, you know, my doctor suggested I consider CBD. You know, most of the time it's for sleep and inflammation and things like anxiety, but it warms my heart to see physicians now talking about it. But to that end, we don't have enough data to absolutely say about drug-drug interaction if you wanted to call CBD, you know, a drug at this point in time. But what we do know, which is interesting, is there um, has been an approval of the first cannabidiol product, which is called Epidiolex, and I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but it was recently approved by the FDA for the treatment of refractory, meaning um, they don't respond to any current drugs that are out there, pediatric epilepsy patients. They have a, there were two diseases. One was Darvetz, the other was Lenox Gusto, and these, these children have hundreds of seizures a day. I mean, it is totally debilitating. They die young. They have brain damage, obviously, developmental problems. It's a, a horrible lifestyle for the child as well as the, the parents of those children. But the good news for, you know, the products that are out there is in my mind, you know, we now have data, we have scientific data that um, actually proves both safety and efficacy as it relates to epilepsy. So mm -hmm. you can take that information and, you know, use it as information. But the individuals, the veterans or anybody else who want to use CBD that are taking a lot of different medications, they should always um, discuss with their physicians first. And and sometimes the physicians uh, will encourage it. You know, the world, as you pointed out, the world has changed. And I think that the most important thing is that um, the stigma associated with taking a CBD product is is going away. I'm hoping CBD, you know, finds its way to be, you know, I don't know, the successful cannabinoid. The FDA has never come out with any regulations defining amounts of CBD. They've continued to be focused on THC, which is the psychoactive um, product. State by state, with the passage of the, prop, uh, of the 2018 Farm Bill, every state will now be able to step up and regulate hemp products as they deem appropriate. In the state of California, you can go into a dispensary to buy your marijuana, your regulated cannabis product but dispensaries will not be allowed to sell both marijuana as well as hemp-based products. Uh, it comes down more, as my son likes to say, to the fact that if they were inspected, nobody could tell the difference 
which is true. So we're seeing uh, hemp-based or CBD-based products slowly but surely penetrating into local retail stores, CVS. I can't remember if Walmart recently chimed in. Um, we're seeing big industries get into it, which I have very mixed emotions about, and it's an entirely different conversation. But education is key to me. I'm an educator, you know, by both passion and career as a professor at UCSD. And so I very much believe that education and research will, you know, hopefully drive this industry into an area where people will understand what they're purchasing will benefit from it, if appropriate, and will be able to continue to get products that are manufactured correctly and tested correctly. And that's one of the things that I, I admire so much about what you're doing is that you're really focusing on making sure that uh, people are getting a quality a product of consistent quality and of consistent dosage, and uh, they know what they're getting every time they use it. Do you think that there's an issue. I know employers test for THC, but there's not an issue with uh, people using it in the area of employment, is there? Uh, I'm laughing to myself. Um, so, of course, I want to say no, mm-hmm. because products, if they're selling them legally, they are required by law. Hemp products must have less than 0.3% THC. Mm-hmm. So the like somebody that was using our product, you know, even with relatively high frequency, maybe three, four times a day and taking a drop each time, the likelihood they test positive for THC is extremely low. However, there are risks. If somebody buys a product, doesn't know if it's been tested, if they consume a ridiculous amount, you know, then there are risks. There are always risks. I'm not in the position to... I have enough friends who work for the government you know, that basically won't use even a CBD product. Marijuana is a whole different, um, a whole different thing. The truth is there's, there's, two, there's two products. One is hemp, which in order to be called hemp has to have less than 0.3%. Okay, and then the other plant is marijuana, which can have more than 0.3%. A lot so, more. So, and, and, then it's, and then what you said was it was bred... Marijuana is bred effectively to have a, a maximized the amount of psychoactive THC in it because people are looking for the that effect. Absolutely correct what you said. The good news is people who now want to use marijuana medicinally. We've had at least the state of California. We have the longest uh, you know history of medicinal marijuana back to Prop 215. God, I can't even remember when it was passed in the 80s. I mean, a long time ago that allowed people to grow six plants of their own. And, you know, that's where the whole collective cooperative started out before adult use was approved and the entire industry regulated. But, you know, just 10 years later from my journey with my husband, you can now go into a dispensary and you can buy products that are low THC. People are... People are growing marijuana. In fact, the product I mentioned earlier, Epidiolex, is 99.9% CBD. It's basically an isolate. But it's an isolate from a marijuana plant. 
GW Pharma simply, you know, harvested, extracted, and then isolated CBD. So some products out there that veterans could use if they were really concerned would be these what are called CBD isolates, which means they're not a whole plant um, product. They simply isolated the chemical. It's like, it's like your orange that we know has ascorbic acid or vitamin C in it. When you eat the orange, you get a lot of other nutrients. You get fiber, you get water, you get you know, the taste of the orange and you know, everything else that's in there. When you take your vitamin C pill, that's an isolate. That's only ascorbic acid. I like to call them the plant people, and I join them. I think there's a lot of benefits to a lot of constituents in the plant. And there's a term that we use called the entourage effect, which I like to define as the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. So what does that mean? Explain the entourage effect. Okay. So, So I just wanted to close your comment about marijuana historically has always been bred for the highest quantity of THC. Today, patients have great opportunities in THC because it binds to receptors in our central nervous system, actually is very beneficial for cancer pain, neuropathic pain, because that's um, receptors that we have in our brain. And you can now select products that have lower concentrations of THC, albeit greater than the 0.3%. Well, that's interesting. That's really interesting. So if you're a a person that's looking for this kind of medical assistance, how do you know which product to choose? That's an excellent question. And again, it comes back to my my commitment to education. There there are individuals um, and there's research going on. A lot of Uh, Physicians are stepping forward. Naturopathic doctors, those with an ND or even an osteopathic doctor, those with a DO, are now becoming more and more trained in the area of cannabinoid science, if you will. Um, I have two colleagues who actually work with MDs to help get their patients to transition from opioids onto, let's just say, regulated marijuana to help manage their pain, to move them and wean them, if you will, off those, those opioids, which we know is a huge, huge problem. So, so there, are, there are resources. The sad thing is, you know, unless you're buying Epidiolex, an FDA-approved product, physicians don't write prescriptions. They may give you a recommendation, which is nice, but that's like saying, I recommend you lose weight and exercise more, you can do it or not do it, and your physician is not uh, liable or responsible for anything versus your physician writes you a prescription for a drug, and then you have clear instructions on how to use it and how to refill it, and, and that physician is accountable for prescribing to you whatever drug he prescribed to you. So there is, you know, there, there is a difference, and it, it is difficult. I wish I could say that dispensaries... Um, have all the people you need. I think there's resources, and people could reach out to to myself through randysclub.com, and we have a network, we have an advisory board, and we have people that 
can sit down and discuss, but I encourage them to speak with their, uh, you know, physicians as well. The problem is, is with the new regulations, products will have to be tested and the consumer is going to have to learn to ask questions the same way I would challenge you on how do you select what vitamin mineral supplements you take. And and what are what's a good question? Like if I'm a consumer and I want to purchase one of these products, what questions should I be asking? Okay, well you should clearly be asking for um, what's called a certificate of analysis, but basically they're laboratory testing. And by law, at least again, I can only speak for the state of California with any knowledge. Uh, we have to test for the cannabinoid profile. So you should look and make sure if you're buying a hemp product, you want it to be less than 0.3% THC. And you want to know how much CBD is in that product. So you're, you know, paying appropriately because people usually um, develop their cost matrix based on how much it costs them to purchase the hemp and what concentration of CBD you're getting. The same way you would select you know, a 60 milligram pill of vitamin C or a thousand milligram pill of vitamin C. You know, you would pay more to get a higher concentration of that, of that vitamin in your pill than you would to have less. Um, we also have to test for pesticides and other contaminants that may be in the product. So that's the first thing that I would definitely ask. And then I would probably personally be interested to know whether it was a full spectrum, a whole plant product, or if it was what I explained earlier, an isolate. And, of course, the, the lab testing, the certificate analysis will, will correlate with that. If you're, if you're buying an isolate of CBD, you should only see um, CBD on the testing certificate Whereas if you were buying a whole plant spectrum, you could see, you know, a number of other minor cannabinoids from CBN to CBG and the likes. So I would like to know that. I would probably like to know how it was extracted. Many people um, use an alcohol extraction process, mainly because cannabinoids are fat-soluble molecules and we need to get them you know, to be absorbed into our body, our, our human body is almost 60% or more water, so we're very aqueous. So it takes a lot to get these products to emulsify. We actually use a CO2 extraction, and then we have a very high-powered emulsifier and add specific excipients into our products to get them to form an emulsified, soluble product, if you will. So I probably want to know how it was extracted, and then the rest are probably a little bit more personal. You know, how does it taste? What's the smell if you're using a topical lotion? How does it feel? And does that make a difference in, in people using the product? Like, I, I hadn't really thought about that, like how it tastes, how it feels. Well, I used to, when I worked with cancer patients, I, said, I used to say, you know, if you can't tolerate the chemotherapy, you're not going to continue to receive chemotherapy, and therefore the chemotherapy is not going to work. So to me, um, we like to say that consistent, regular use is what's most important because it acts within our, within our physiology the same way we take a vitamin mineral supplement. I, I like to use that analogy probably because I teach nutrition, but I'll ask somebody, you know, do you take a supplement? And they go, yes. And I go, so how do you feel? You know, that person sort of has this silent pause. And they go, well, I don't know. 
<laughs> and that's the truth. Unless you're, unless you're anemic and are taking iron to, mm-hmm. to treat your anemia, most people take a vitamin mineral supplement to maintain wellness and optimal health. And mm-hmm. in many ways, that's how many people use, you know, use CBD because we have aches and pains, whether it's because you're on the computer or you, know, you exercise too much or you're, uh, many of our customers are you know, my generation, even my parents' generation, and just have you know, the aches and pains of, of arthritis and inflammation and things like that. So we want people to use it consistently and regularly to manage that um, to obtain the benefit for those symptoms that they feel. People say they sleep better. I use my product since my husband died. I use it literally every night. And I'll find when I travel and I forget to take it with me, I go, God, I tossed and turned all night. And I, you know, sort of forget that um, we maintain homeostasis. Um, Is that a term you're familiar with? No. Okay, so homeostasis is like steady state. It, it's mm-hmm. an optimal balance for everything that goes on in our body. So again, um, let me use nutrition as an example. Um, we have a certain amount of calcium that's circulating in our bloodstream. If it goes too high, we pull it out and put it into our skeletons. Um, when we eat a big meal, our blood sugar goes up. It doesn't stay up there our body responds. We produce insulin. We bring our blood sugar back down. We deposit that extra insulin in our liver, you know, in our kidneys. We maintain that steady state. We don't go to zero. Mm -hmm. Then we die, you know, but we maintain steady state. So every single part of our physiology has a homeostatic level that we want to maintain. And the endocannabinoid system almost sits above all of our physiological systems to help modulate and maintain homeostasis. Hmm. So cannabinoids, because we have an endocannabinoid system, are needed because we may not always have enough. You know, I just, I've been teaching nutrition for, you know, 30 years or something. I literally, two years ago, added the endocannabinoid system into my um, syllabus. So I give a lecture on the endocannabinoid system. And it's interesting because it was discovered by a professor out of Israel who simply said, I want to understand how THC works. It's psychoactive. How does it work? And lo and behold, he discovered that people, rats, vertebrates have receptors for THC. Now you got to go, why do we have a receptor for a molecule that's found in a plant? And through his continued study and research, he, you know, coined the phrase the endo, meaning endogenous, cannabinoid system. And we produce two specific endocannabinoids, one that THC mimics and the other that CBD mimics. And I love the story that the endocannabinoid that THC mimics is called anatomine, which in Sanskrit means bliss. So THC is mimicking a molecule we produce endogenously that gives us bliss. And 
basically that's the high that people get when they smoke marijuana. And so, you know, all these pathways are now connected and we're learning every day more and more and more about the endocannabinoid system. So now that they've discovered that we have this receptor, I mean, you know, that's highly unusual. I mean, it's not unusual, Minda. There are more, we've identified and, and mapped the CB1 receptor, which binds to anatomine. So THC binds to that receptor. Yeah. And CB2 receptor has been mapped to um, 2AG, long name, which cannabinoid, cannabidiol or CBD binds to. But there are more endocannabinoid receptors throughout our body than any other receptor that you can think of almost. It's, it's an amazing system. I had to write a whole chapter for my book. <laughs> really? I would, I, so, so that means we're, we're sort of programmed, if I understand correctly, to sort of want to uh, take this, to eat this plant. Or- Correct. In, in many ways, you could say that would be a true statement, that we have a physiological system that, which means we have both receptors and the molecules that bind to those receptors that we produce. And if we don't have enough of those molecules supplementing, like you would supplement with vitamin C, supplementing with cannabinoids would benefit you. Exactly. You did that very well. So, Mark, I I feel we've not given you enough opportunity for input. So circling back to your programs and your devotion to veterans and cancer patients, could you share with us once again how you got involved personally and that your experience as a veteran and how you want to build out your program to sort of support these people and what your plans for the future are? Well, thank you for asking the question. Um, My mission was only to make the product available at a fair price because I have friends, elderly and student friends that take CBD, but they don't buy as much as they need because they can't afford it. And so that was my first motivation is, is simply to see that the price for CBD is fair, is much, much lower. Um, then you have categories of people who just can't afford it at all. You have many veterans uh, here in San Diego and throughout the country, I'm sure, that are on a fixed income or maybe even worse are homeless. And um, everyone's heart goes out to people that are suffering. And, and so I felt it was just a, a natural uh, extension um, to see if we can't find room in our uh, pricing model to give free products to those who need it. It was interesting to me, though, Mark, that when I recently learned that medical marijuana, you actually paid for it. Like, it wasn't a cooperative program where people sort of banded together to create product that they could use, that it was actually a, a business and, and a profit-making business. And, and that sort of surprised me. The, the lack of uh, insurance co-payments or payments for both cannabis and CBD is a difficulty for people who need it, who need it for their health, because typically they're spending a lot of money on other types of medication or other types of treatments. And this is what we would like to address. We would like to see that CBD is available to people 
who are on fixed income or who have uh, been paying so much money for their care. Um, and, and we hope that uh, this accomplishes that goal. So are you working towards working with insurance companies to perhaps provide reimbursement for the purchase of these products? I'm not uh-huh. so smart. I, I believe the insurance industry has its own track, and there's probably uh, industry groups uh, that represent cannabis and CBD who might go in that direction, but um, that's way above my pay grade. And unfortunately, that is interesting that you brought that up, Minda, because that is, you know, one of the arguments I actually heard the CEO of GW Pharma that has Epidiolex approved by the FDA. And he did make the statement that, you know, if you need a very, very high concentration and a lot, as Mark said, of CBD to manage your symptoms, it could be cost prohibitive if it was, quote, an FDA-approved product you could, you know, work through their mechanisms through the CMS, um, which it's called, to get insurance companies to cover it. If you believe in taking megadoses of vitamin C, your insurance company is never going to pay for it. That's true. So it is sort of an interesting dilemma. Um, uh, Justin Grover, the CEO of GW, said they were looking to expand the coverage, but he did say that they were making headway and had a number of companies, carriers, that were covering um, the cost of Epidiolex for these families. So it's like, um, it's sort of like a Lyme treatment or some of these other treatments that are cost prohibitive in a way that have great benefit. Yes, yeah, I've sorry. had friends, as I said, as I said that uh, um, are on fixed incomes and they buy one bottle of either a lotion or a tincture per month. They run out of it maybe on the 15th or the 16th or the 17th of the month. Then they wait uh, for the Social Security check or for whatever their uh, source of income is. And that's, it's sad. Um, I have friends who use CBD to manage pain or to manage anxiety, and they shouldn't have to manage their budget to meet it. But you know, that's how it works in capitalism. You, you, you have uh, choices to make of where you spend your money and, and those people who don't have enough money don't have as many choices. I mean, that's so tragic and it seems like the systems should be uh, changed to allow people to have opportunities to use uh, money, direct money towards the care that helps them best you know, the highest use. Universal health care, I think, is the topic for debate right now. And uh, in the future, um, maybe we'll have health care that is available for all. Well said, Mark. No, it's tragic. I can tell you my own journey. I remember standing in my driveway and my dad was there. And he goes, this is the first time I've seen you smile. I said, well, I just got a bill, and it says I'm not responsible for $175,000. I mean, I totally can see how people could become homeless because of health care costs. It's, it's the number one cause of bankruptcy in this country. I believe you. And that's why what you're doing with cancer patients and veterans is so important, because by offering them the opportunity to obtain your product, it may save them from the tipping point of financial destruction because they can afford to get needed care 
that they couldn't afford otherwise. And as Mark pointed out, you know, that person who doesn't runs out on the 17th of the month may be able to take their uh, take care for themselves through the end of the month. And by mm-hmm. doing that, it'll it'll not only alleviate their pain, give them better quality of life, but it'll also give them, you know, an opportunity to move towards better health. Absolutely. So one more time, would you give me your URL again and how people can reach out to you and get uh, Randy's Remedy? Randy's Remedy is available at randysclub.com. Randysclub.com is where you buy Randy's Remedy. And the general CBD URL is generalcbd.org. Mm-hmm. And if they're uh, looking for support because they're a veteran or a cancer patient, is that the best way for them to reach you as well? They can also send me an email. I'd be happy to respond to any inquiry. It's mark, M-A-R-C, at generalcbd.org. This has been just fascinating, and I really want to thank you both for coming on the show. And I hope to speak to you again soon and learn more about uh, what's going on in your industry and the progress you're making. Uh, This is Minda Wilson for Urgent Care.